Hey everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge, uh, the podcast about your first place, Philadelphia Union. And uh, from, wow, that was our worst half of soccer all season, to, wow, that was their worst half of soccer all season. Uh, or, man, El Senior should be arrested for child abuse after what he did to Connor Wade. If it happened this week, we got you covered. Uh, I'm your host, as most of the time, Evan Malala, joined by a couple of my compatriots uh first it is a very subdued and not quite awake chuck booth chuck how's it going um i'm getting into podcasting shape right now right on right on right into the fire for you you know yeah. chuck will not be dropping any hot takes tonight no no he is well, rather cool <clears throat> and listen uh, it's our hot take master that you just heard the man of a thousand hot takes the master of a thousand hot takes uh paul katrina jr how's it going bud uh, pretty good. I've wanted to change the phrase hot take to spicy boys. Um, we'll see if that gets any uh, movement yeah. in the near the future. The MLS Disciplinary Committee has taken your request under uh, consideration. I'll hear from them in October. You will hear from them after we record next week. Or three seconds before we record next week. Mm, very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, being... I don't know, late or far away. Uh, it's, it's the guy that lives in Pittsburgh that's on this podcast. It's Justin Ashcroft. How's it going, bud? What's up? I'm all right, man. How are, how are you? Double duty tonight for you. Double duty tonight, yep. There's a podcast and whiz, man. The nature of the beast, I suppose. Exactly. Um, speaking of nature, uh, we literally built a bonfire outside of Talent Energy Stadium this week. And after what looked like 45 minutes of that being a really terrible decision, uh, I'm just going to say Il Senio beat New York Red Bulls 3-2. to two. I would say that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah. It's simply incredible how there there's no answer for it, yeah. despite the fact that it's simply known that a third of the 18-yard box and on the right side of the field is a no-zone. You better put more than one defender in that area to stop this guy, because if you don't, he's going to wreak havoc. The thing that's, Even if you do. Even oh, if you, you do, it's, gonna, it's just going to be a lesser chance, but it's still going to be a chance created. Mm. I mean, this guy doesn't just score from the right side. His, his passes inside to his teammates are pretty damn good. Yeah. Quite a number of assists on him already this season, let alone across his union career. But it's hmm. just the way that this team is playing now, the fact that they're able to tire out their opponent so easily within 50, 55 minutes and to be able to bring this guy on. It, it, in the words of Matt Doyle, he's a cheat code. Matt Doyle nailed it. He's a cheat code for this team. You throw him right on there and he draw, he demands the attention of three defenders not directly involved but you better be spatially aware of where you are if El Sino has the ball anywhere on the field within the own half I actually might disagree with your initial assessment of the game <laughs> okay I actually don't think the first 45 minutes were the worst 45 minutes of soccer we played all season no I don't think so either. I think I think it was up there. We were, we were actually eight inches, and an Andre Blake touch of the ball 
from going into the break 1-1. Uh, if Sergio if Sergio Santos was eight inches lower on his shot, that ball hits the hey, underside of the crossbar and goes in. How about you keep it on in. the ground and just beat the keeper that way? Because we got beat in the air a few minutes later. And secondly, I think <laughs> if Andre Blake actually does not touch that ball, Brian White's shot goes over the bar. So I think... If we if those two things didn't happen, we go into the break one one and everybody goes okay we're one one going into the break, mm-hmm. but everyone's looking at that game going uh we're two 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 nothing going into the break and I think everybody looks back and says that was a bad half of soccer, but I think I watched it with a different perspective because I also didn't watch it live and so I'm watching you guys tweet about how bad the first half of soccer was and I'm watching the game and going wait where's the bad in this other than we gave up two goals. Any uh, any groggy chuck points? Um, I mean, the, let me the smack biggest... myself around a bit and wake myself up. <laughs> no, I, I'm here. I am here. Okay. Um, there, you there you go. We got him now. Then drop it, my dude. Drop it. Just, just give me a second to get there. <laughs> um, that was a better summation I... of the Union game than what I came up with. Hey, hey, the team I mean, is that, here. The team is on is, the field. That actually we is exist. a very good analogy for this wake game. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the first half was honestly pretty even. Um, just the way the ball flew, the Union were not able to take advantage of it. Um, it is actually funny about the Andre Blake on that on, um, that. Um, Brian White goal because watching the game I was like kind of thinking to myself if Andre Blake doesn't start this game which he wasn't supposed to in the first place that's not a goal um, because Cordell either keeps coming out yeah and Freeze never comes out in the first place yeah oh yeah not in that situation yeah that's fair if Andre Blake was a better teammate, he would have let one of his teammates get the start oh, this week. I, what? What? No, what? Jamaica what? Would have stayed in Jamaica. If Jamaica was a better federation. Would have visited his friend from. Corey Burke. Said, what's up? <coughs> Grab some tea. What? Oh, my God. I'm not serious. Um, no, 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 no. no we sec- know. The, there will be no Andre Blake slander this week. What about this, Andre Cakes this week? I'm fine hey. with that. I still have a second half to talk about. Okay, Chuck. <laughs> oh, now he's feisty. Now he's a up. There you go. Unleash the beast second yeah. half. Brock Lesnar, baby. Um, the entire second half was just Red Bulls being arrogant. Kind of. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, literally, they sit back, yeah. actually try to protect their two-goal lead. They probably win this game. But instead, they thought that... We're going to still try and attack, even though El Senor's coming on and we know exactly what he's going to do, which is come down our flank, cut inside, either shoot or look for the pass. Mm. And they let him do the same move every single time. Like, I get it. He is extremely hard to stop, and he did beat three of your defenders. But at some point, you either decide, A... We're going to foul the hell out of this guy mm-hmm. and not let him get into our box. Or B, we're just going to park the goddamn bus. And they did neither. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, after the first, after Montero's, which was a great square ball from El Sino, it felt like Red Bull were kind of like, that's it. 
Like, I didn't necessarily walk away from this going, the Union gained three points. I thought that the Red Bulls gave up, which was bizarre. Maybe that was just a weird in-person kind of vibe that I got. But, especially, like, when El Sino tied it, which, I mean, two goals in two minutes will do that to you, I suppose. But I was like, this is... This is Red Bull. Like, Red Bull are done. I mean, Andre Blake did save uh, save three points with, what, five minutes left in the game when uh, yeah, I mean, Brian Daniel White. Royer just destroyed our whole defense? Yeah, and then Brian White missed a sitter as well. Yeah. So, so, who knows? It is what it is. But I think, like, I don't think they necessarily gave up. I think, I think the Union almost subdued them into submission a little bit. I mean... And I don't think that that was inconsistent with the first half. I mean, I think the reason, part of the reason El Sino was able to do what he did in the second half was because New York had chased the ball for a lot of the first half. It just happened a couple times they went on the counter and they finally scored. Um, and then and then the second half, they didn't score on their counterattacks that they could have. Yeah, they were getting stretched thin pretty much for a good, a good portion of that second half, and they just didn't look as if they wanted to chase anything anymore. They were content with just keeping like a generic vague shape of what their formation should really be. And just, Mm. and the thing is they didn't even sit back in that, you know, they still had advanced position in the field and you can't do that against this team because this Philadelphia union team will straight up run at you for 85, 80. I, I won't say a full 90 minutes. It's too generic, but they're going balls to the wall at you yes with their energy all game long it, you can be content with what you're doing as a team but you better sit back against this union team and cover cover your ass at every corner because they will come at you so hard and that's just simply what they did the union were getting the better chances too even late in that game when they were up yeah. there was at least three that could have easily been goals and it would just been nailed in the coffin. Wouldn't have to stress so much about it. But I think that's also what makes this such an exciting game was that you kind of saw Red Bulls be like, this can't happen. We can't let this happen again. And they really did start to counterattack a bit more uh, effectively. And they, this team was resilient to get these three points. You know, I do admit that it was to the fault of the New York Red Bulls team for, like you said, being arrogant in their approach. But still, that's a tough t- that's a tough team to beat in general, let alone being 2 nothing down at halftime. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, all in all, like, a, a solid performance and... You uh, you look at the table and any complaints that you might have about this go away pretty quickly as far as I'm concerned. For sure. Um, For sure. Hey, second topic of discussion. We have a couple games coming up. Uh, a weird one. We play on Wednesday. This Wednesday, in fact. Two days from, net, from day of recording, probably. Uh, maybe the day you'll hear this. I don't know. It'll work out. Um... <clears throat> U.S. Open Cup fourth round D.C. United, seven p.m. Um, do we? 
Do we want to win that? Is there still the need to avenge the Open Cup losses in the past? Um, I would say that while we are good, we are not good enough that we can just Ignore shrug the off Cup. the Open Cup. That's fair. I mean, I think you want to continue your momentum, right? And I think like we have a couple weeks yeah. here of not having MLS play. So if you're going to get a game in, in there, in the Open Cup with, um, you know, especially with another MLS team, you want to like put a damper on their season too. Right, so, right. I mean, I think this does something for you if you take on a team that's sort of on your heels in the league and are able to beat them even if it doesn't count for the league standings. Yeah. And I think that this union team is deep enough that you can field a team that's decently competitive enough to get a result without having to uh, sacrifice your bodies too much. Um, there's definitely enough young talent on this team that they could um, they could run at DC. I don't think DC's inclined to uh, put out their full their full team in this Open Cup game. I really don't think either team sees the short-term positivity of absolutely like slaughtering their opposition in a Wednesday Open Cup game. But it's Philly DC, and usually all of those games are pretty heated regardless, especially given their Open Cup history. The the bangers of games that have been played against those two teams. I'm sure there will be a competitive edge to it, but I don't know. I I don't think I'm taking a loss to heart in the yeah. long-term scheme of this Philadelphia Union team has a bit of a higher goal this year, especially given their position going into the Gold Cup break. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, the question at hand, however... There is uh, four games coming up. There is uh, New England on the 26th, New York City on the 29th, Orlando City on the 3rd, Orlando City on the 6th. Uh, in case people are wondering, away, 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 home. <clears throat> uh, and there will be a new field, allegedly, on on Talon Energy Stadium by the 6th, <laughs> uh, for whatever that means. How many points do we need... And I think most of us are in agreement here. Uh, out of the next four in league play. Six. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Justin. My minimum is seven. Okay, Chuck. <laughs> um, I Again, I'd say need four. Okay. So uh, so four draws, right? Geez. I mean, look at look at the table right now. Uh, let me get to it. Okay, I'm here. The the Union are top mm-hmm. with thir- thirty one points, mm-hmm. four points ahead of Montreal, who they have a game in hand on, yeah. and DC, who are level one points. That means number one, you can actually afford to drop games. Like this yes. isn't necessarily saying that I want them to collect four points in this. Stretch. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would highly prefer that they collect seven plus points. Um, but traveling to play on the post stamp is going to be very tough. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Orlando is always a tricky team, so yeah. it is very likely that one of those games are dropped, if not drawn. And also, which Revs team is this at this point? <laughs> Who knows? Not good enough to beat the Philadelphia Union. It's not it. It's not necessarily like even saying that I think that we're gonna collect four points. Mm. I would. The question was specifically, what do we need over these Fair. games? Yeah. And we don't need much. You're you're right. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think from a momentum <laughs> standpoint, you need six to just keep a positive trajectory of we're going into the playoffs on a high note because when you look at the past seasons where Philadelphia has been in first place in May or even, you know, close to the top in June, they have these abysmal stretches in the summer where they drop down to six and you're just hoping they make the playoffs at this point. I think in a span of four games against two winnable teams, one of those teams being twice in the span of a few days, and I'm not including New York City in that because they're absolutely absurd right now. Um, I don't know. I d- two wins cancels out two losses for me in this season. You know, they, c- they can be as embarrassing as you want. They can be as one-sided as possibly could be. But two wins in the span of four games, for me, it's still good. It's good from a good team. And I think that keeps the trajectory of where this team's headed right now in a good direction. And I think that trajectory is a top three, top two team in the East. I think I, my problem with your thought, Chuck, is yes, points wise, like looking at points. Yeah. We probably only need four. Um, And like we get a win somewhere and a draw somewhere and lose two games. Like we still got four points we're probably still in the top two, if not still in the top position. But, like, I don't... That doesn't... That still doesn't feel good. Like, I think if we look well, back over why, the last... That's why I said how many points I want. No, 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 but, like, that's what I'm saying. I think need is more than just points. Like, need is momentum. Need is how do we keep this feeling going? How do we keep our confidence no, but building? You don't, how do we... But you don't need that until the last last month of the season. We still have to remember right. this is MLS. But I don't want to need that at the end of the season. Yeah. I want October to be, let's figure let's ourselves just, out against our potential opponents come late October, early November. If the, if the Union make it through this entire season, with the beginning of the season being their roughest stretch of the season, I will be highly surprised because... That is extremely hard to do mm. over a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless there's an addition to the attacking corpse of this team, I still don't believe that they can actually make it through this season without another slump. I just, I just, like I said, I think, I think need need is more than just points for me. I understand what you're saying, Chuck, that I think we will see another slump at some point in this season. That's not a surprise. That wouldn't be a surprise to me. I just think this stretch of four games seems like the wrong time to do it, right? New England has had its problems. It's had its ups this season, but it's also had its downs. Like, we can beat this team. New York, always going to be hard out on home turf. Like, n- no big deal to me. 
But Orlando City is one of those teams that I think if we're going to cement ourselves at the top of the table, like we need to be able to go in there and get a draw, fight to get a draw, and then come home and win that game. Like, that's what we need to do. And so I just think we can, to see the momentum, the good good vibes continue, I think we just need to keep winning games. Um, though I know that there will be a slump, I just don't want to see it against this level of competition. Thanks for the John Madden quote of the day. We just need to keep winning. <laughs> if we score more goals, just we not keep winning games. <laughs> um, my, I have, I have two takes about this. Uh, one, I'm much more concerned about getting something out of the teams that are in the playoffs right now, that are in playoff positions, I should say. So you're content that if we drop points against New England and Orlando, as long as we beat New York City, you're okay? Um, I don't necessarily want to drop points against New England because I don't think they're very good. Me neither. I would be okay with a draw against Orlando, uh, either one, actually, only because that makes Toronto's life a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with the, with the five, six, seven spots getting a little muddied. Um, so I'm okay if, if we get like two draws out of Orlando or, or something. I don't know. Um, I would love a win against New York City. I know that's like asking for, I don't know, uh, general sanity on Twitter discussions or something. Um, or maybe it's like asking for them to get a soccer stadium, but it's neither here nor there. I, so yeah, I think three points against New England is, is warranted and fine, and Philly always seems to spank New England at Gillette anyway, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's maybe a point in New York City. Um, and then I think there's a point um, in that home fixture against Orlando City, just because you get kind of the spark from being back at home after a month away. Plus. Um, so is your number five? My number four? would be five. Five would be, five would be need. Um, okay. Also, look, looking a little further ahead, sure. I want ten. Um, yeah, because I was just about yeah, to say, I, if I just, you think well, our, this four-game no, stretch go, is tough... Go, 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 yeah. I w- going ahead. I like it's to... not that I think this stretch is tough. It's just that... Where are you looking? Basically, so there's a three-game stretch of winnable games after this one with RSL, Chicago, and Montreal. Boy, are you looking at the end of August? Then that's where it's at. There's oh, DC, hi, there Houston, Chicago, DC, Atlanta, Atlanta LAFC, LA. Red Bulls. Yeah, Red Bull at home. Well, well Red Red Bull on the road. I'm sorry. That's my confusion with you saying four in this stretch of games, Chuck. Right. Because like, if if we're that only gonna four. get four now, then we've got to get points there. If we get twelve here. Not that we're going to get 12, but if we go in this four-game stretch and get 12, then we don't need draws in those games. We can lose some of those games. But I understand what you're saying, too, Evan, about we got to beat good competition as yes. well. well and, but, and the other – sorry to cut you off. The other point that I wanted to bring up was we have to look at the teams around us. And for the sake of brevity, if that exists, I'm just going to bring up Montreal's schedule in kind of the same span. Um, so from the end of June, essentially, to early July, yeah, that works, uh, Montreal has Portland home on the 26th, Atlanta away on the 29th, then they play Minnesota at home, 
they have a to be determined in the Canadian Championship on the 10th, and then they play Toronto. So, like, they don't have a necessarily easy run of things. Oh, not at all. Either. And then they play, actually, they play in the Canadian Championship third round on the 24th before they play us on the 27th. Um, so they'll be t- more tired on paper going in. So, um, I yeah, I, I'm very much, if we get points out of the other playoff teams, that's fine because that doesn't hurt us as much as dropping all three to New England or Orlando or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Speaking of dropping, a couple <laughs> guys on our team dropping to the USU 23s. Uh, Austin Trusty and Brendan Aronson get called into the USU 23 camps. Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised by this. What's nope. the point of this camp? Uh, the Olympics? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. What's the point well, of this yeah, camp? Well, yeah, but I mean, okay, well, then nothing. You have Camp Cupcake in January. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really don't. You see have Camp Berholzer, you... which is what I'm calling the Gold Cup. I just mm-hmm. don't see a point in calling these players away from their teams. Where, in Aronson's case, he should be resting and doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's just a week. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I guess that doesn't make it as bad as maybe the Gold Cup would be for these two guys being out. But I don't know. I don't want to be. For me, I think there's. I don't want to be like super cynical about it because it is really cool seeing what two eighteen-year-olds get called into the U twenty-three camp. Like that's kind of nice. I mean, it's cool that they. It's cool that they're on the radar. Right. I just think that the last thing this federation really needs is another random cat that, at the end of the day, doesn't mean very much. That's fair. I mean, I, so I think there's two things that this camp can do, right? I think we've, I think there has been times where um, players have come back from these camps and been even more confident and more um, just better going forward because they they now have kind of experienced a different level of play or a, just a different atmosphere. And I mm-hmm. think that there's something, like I think there's something that there's something to speak of that. And I think, so I think that there's something good there, right? Yep. Um, that could happen. But I think the other thing that could happen is what we saw happen to Jack Mack when he gets called into the gold cup, sits for a month and then comes back and <laughs> can't score a goal. Yeah. So I think Ouch. that like, there's a reality of two different things that can happen. And so I look at it and say, great for them. They're on the radar. Like, I think there's a good chance that trusty ends up at the Olympics. If we qualify, uh, but I think that they both need to come back game ready too. Yeah. And, you know, they need to come back with confidence and, uh, kind of ready to go. And Jack Mack was a little bit of a different situation, right? Cause he goes to the gold cup and then sits for the whole month. Well, never sees the field. And Jack Mack and then, is not actually good at soccer. Right. But he was having a good season till that yeah. point. And then, yeah, something. So, happened. Uh, and then the uh, speaking of international call-ups nailed it 
Andre Blake and Warren Creval to the Gold Cup. Uh, Warren Creval squad, uh, Guyana, opens against the U.S. Um, <clears throat> two guys that have been fixtures in their national team setup for at least a year now, if I'm just including Creval. I mean, Blake's been in Jamaica's system forever, but I think Creval's only been with Guyana for maybe two years, I guess. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of U.S. soccer-specific podcasts to focus on what's going to happen in the Gold Cup, and I don't really want to get into it. Uh, for a litany of reasons, but um, needless to say, always cool to see Dre uh, represent Jamaica, and, and always just really cool to watch Jamaica as a federation grow, regardless of if they play, uh, pay their coaches or not, um, I suppose. <laughs> and then, uh, no, Guyana's just a really cool story, if nothing else. Um, and it's nice to see Warren Kermel represented there. Yeah. Uh, is it? I I'm know it's pretty um, sure it's their first. Okay, cool. And then who else is making a first-time appearance? Is it Bermuda? Or uh, one of those. Whoever Zyko has plays. Yeah, me. honestly, I couldn't even tell you all the teams that are in it right now. And this is why we're not going to go into um, yeah. exactly what's going to happen yeah, in, the, in the Gold Cup. Bermuda. Bermuda's like... the first time. But there you go. That's the end of our Gold Cup analysis. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> uh, make sure May the best that. team win. <laughs> Literally. That's what will happen. John Madden. I would, I would hope so. Well, Marco Fabian's still here. Yeah, about that. Wow. What, what an ankle injury, man. What an absolute... <laughs> I, don't I just even felt know all, of, all of the air was let out of this podcast <laughs> uh-huh. as soon as I mentioned those words. Yeah. <sighs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll get someone... In another question, someone asked, asked about, about that. It. So, well, actually, two people. You're right. Two people kind of asked about it. So, we'll get there. Yep. You're Speaking right. of people asking about things, guys, we have listener questions this week. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. I love it. There was really so good great. ones. Yes. Hey, there was a running theme in the in a couple of them, uh, which I will never complain about. But here we go. Uh, friend of the friend of us, not necessarily the show because we've not had him on, but friend of us, uh, Jason uh, Weintraub over at Home Sweet Soccer. Uh, was Elsinia's performance the best player? Uh, was sorry. Was Elsinia's performance the best individual player performance in Union history, and who rivals it? Uh, yeah. The so like without diving into any homework or anything, the one that stuck out in my mind was when Tranquillo Barnetta hit that 90th minute free kick against Orlando City. Um, that was my first time ever in the Union press box. Oh, fun. Save wonderful time. Atypical, apparently. Um, but I don't know if that was as complete of a performance as much as it was someone playing hero ball and, like, doing that well. That was one of the great moments in Union yes. history. But yes. if we're diving into individual performances, I don't think you get as well-rounded and efficient from a performance perspective as... I- Two goals, yeah. one I assist, think, I think six million successful take-ons. Yeah. Uh, it was six million, right? It, it, it had to have At been. least, yeah. I lost track. Um, in a substitute role, as El Sino did in this game, yeah. there have been hat the... tricks across Union history. There have been yeah. great Open Cup moments across Union history. But if well. you look at the way that this guy attacked a relatively decent team, in New York Red Bull, this was for me 
the best individual performance I've seen from a union player in history. And for me, the first thing that came to mind um, was CJ Sapong's hat trick because of the fact that the whole thing happened in 11 minutes. It was yeah, it was one of the weirdest hat tricks that I've ever seen. That was wild. Because one of the goals, like the one where he just nods the ball down into the net, is probably one of the greatest crap goals that I've seen. But Il Signo also scored one of the best crap goals that I've seen, where if that ball wasn't already going off target that Kareem's off of one of the Red Bulls defenders, yeah. it was going as an own goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that that for me was just the first thing that I could think of. Mm. And while CJ did play that entire game, all of his goals were scored after the seventy fourth minute. Yeah, which is impressive to have the composure to do that so late in the game after you've been getting fouled sixteen times and, throughout the game. span of a e- game. Even better for that one was it was it a three nothing went over who who. Who? Like uh, the New Jersey the Energy New drinks. York Energy Drinks. Oh. oh. New Jersey. They play in New Jersey, Chuck. The New York New Jersey Energy Drinks. Check your, check your things. Um, <laughs> Justin, did you have any counters to that? Or, Paul, I think your shout for the most efficient player performance is what seals it for me. Yeah. I don't... There's, there's not a performance that, like, sticks out to me of, like, oh, this rivals that... <clears throat> My only thought would be, I know there's been some games where Dre has literally saved the yes. game for us. The one in the um, one in Colorado sticks out for me. Yeah, yeah. Last year, or the year before. Yeah, yeah. And it's they're, so hard to confidently they're, they're give in, that to a goalkeeper. You know, like yeah, when, you, exactly. when you think of greatest individual performances, it's really hard to give it to a keeper because you know they are just isolated moments in time. They're not grinding all game to. Get but chances, but everybody, but... but everybody still talks about the Tim Howard Belgium game. Like that's still like yeah. is in the lore of, you know, is in the lore of U- U.S. The, soccer history. So I just think it's harder to see though a lot of times. And that Belgium game we lost. So I, it's, yeah. it is interesting how goalkeeper <laughs> games get remembered. So highly the revered in a loss. The tough thing with Dre is that literally for a Union history, you can just sum up every year where he's been the starter as mm-hmm. the one where Dre saves the day. Like, <laughs> yeah, they his his stellar performance just get lost because they're almost every game. Yeah, it's that was so normal. He's, he's so consistently on. Yeah, that it's exactly. that it's normal. Yeah, exactly. That I think if it was any other keeper that had to have like a two week stretch or maybe that had like three games in two months where they were just unconscious. Actually, um, Lord John McCarthy making. Um, yeah, yes, Paul, but him making um, his stand-in for, was Blake injured or away on international duty um, when yeah. he just went on a tear of just saving everything and yeah. keeping clean sheets for the Union. I don't yeah. have any actual stats in front of me for how long that went on for. It was just a very long time. But anyway, what Ju- Justin, what you were saying with Andre Blake and, you know... The yeah, just to, I think there's... Right. 
I think there's times where Blake has really good games and it gets lost because we might lose the game or it's a 2-2 draw that we all feel disappointed that was a 2-2 draw. And it's like, well, I mean, Blake had a really good game. Like, Blake played his heart out that game and tried did everything he could to, like, keep us in that game. Um, but the problem is those don't stand out the way a two-goal, one-assist. Right, right. Or a three-goal like, performance. Yeah, it's hard exactly. to it's hard to glorify saving one point when right. another player has single handedly taken three points exactly. from what's loosely considered to be a rivalry. Yeah. I I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. New York That's fans fine. couldn't be bothered with it. Philly fans want to eat it up. They couldn't be bothered with it until they could solely be bothered with it. Cons- yeah, now they're just bothered with it. Considering the ways that this went on the Twitters, it has yeah. to at least be considered a derby. Yeah. Which Let's is basically see. a rivalry. I was going to say, so, it's a rivalry. I saw someone, I don't remember who it was or else I would have credited them, so I apologize. I saw someone say, at the very least, you have to admit these are entertaining games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they are. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And if it's just, hey, we're playing Red Bull, I'm going to buy a ticket because I know I'm going to get my money's worth, it's fine. Yeah. If... If that's what sells it, then you've got <laughs> yourself a decent selling point. <laughs> right, right. Hey, uh, a couple more rapid fire El Senior questions. Uh, Justin Friedberg at Union.26. Uh, is El Senior Smith is the best super sub in Union history? And then uh, El Senior starting versus sub option, which helps teams more? Um, El Senior's be pretty close to being cemented as the best super sub in MLS history. MLS history, yes, I was just going to say. No, I mean, like, legitimately, he has... Because Matt Doyle did a stat compilation, and he has nine goals, like, nine assists from the bench, Um, which even over a two-year span, no one in MLS has more than five. Yeah. Yeah. So... What do you do with that? Like, there's no, there's no competition. El Sino is setting the bar so high that you need to be deathly afraid of this Union team at all times in the game, because Jim could just whip him out at any moment. He really can. <laughs> and it's a, it's not like he's gonna go out and win every single game. We're naive to believe that he's he alone is going to win these games by himself, but. My God, you give yourself a good chance if you put him on the field against tired legs. To, yeah, all he needs to do he is He only win needs two one chance. Yeah. Yeah, MLS history, not even Union history. MLS history, super sub, God level. Give me more El Senio questions. Let's. I can. Let's, I can do that. Let's go. I can do that. Uh, I th- I think we. I think we probably all agree on the starting versus sub option question. Sub option. He's got to be a sub. Yeah. He's a sub. It's it's foolish to attack teams that have a set plan from minute one with Ilsenio because you're not going to be able to outskill those guys when they're so focused on the task at hand, especially if you put them in a starting lineup an hour before a game and yeah. teams can literally shift themselves accordingly to prepare for it with fresh legs and clear intent as to how to attack this team. Mm. 
here we go. Other El Senior question. Uh, or is it favorite El Senior goal slash assist? For me, it was his Elastico and goal against Chicago last year. That was from Chap. Um, it was either that really filthy run he had against New York. Sorry for stealing somebody's answer. Or when he uh, he put Sebastian Schweinsteiger on the floor, nearly. When you stole someone's answer, you yeah, knew it was I, my answer. Whatever, man. You son of. Don't no, your, he's don't he's had some other. Away. He's had some good ones. Um, yeah. I I would say he had the long range effort against Minnesota uh, in that five one win. That was uh, that was pretty filthy from him. Given the fact that he worked from the right side of the field all the way to the left just to keep the play alive and then to receive it from 30 yards out, make a quick move, and then hit a laser from 27 out. That's ridiculous. That like That's just straight up ridiculous. But when you look at the way El Sino approaches the game, it's got to be you got the New York City goal. Mm-hmm. You've got Chicago against Schweinsteiger. But, man, against New York... In a game, in a game that needed it most, he delivered. So I would certainly put it up there top three, but I'm still gonna say that New York City goal because that was just so filthy. He put that defense on skates. He yeah. made two guys just straight up fall on their face. Yeah, I I'd, I'd actually I'd have to second that with the New York City one just because the run before that goal was so beautiful. Um. One the one that I ended up sharing in our chat was um his like toe poke from the top corner of the box. Um just because it's probably by far one of the most powerful toe poke goals I've ever seen scored again that just goes across the entire DC back line and lands in the back corner of the net. Like the man's just a walking highlight reel. Yeah. It's been his entire career. So, I'll take his no-look assist from mm. earlier this season. That was that was really pretty. Um, and then I will actually take his second goal in this game. And let me tell you why. Because I think his run into the box was super clever. To time that mm. with who was taking the I don't remember who took the it PK. It was Jamiro. Jamiro took the PK and he timed his run up exactly with Jamiro. So as soon as Jamiro hit the ball, he was past the Red Bull defenders, and then was able to not hit the ball over the bar, but just barely get his foot on the ball to put it in the corner. I thought that was super clever, and it was definitely something they worked on in the training ground because Bedoya was making the same run to the center of the net too, and I just thought that was. I, I hadn't seen a team do that, and I always wondered why everybody just sort of started at the line. Um, and I just thought that was super interesting from them to time the run-up where they're hitting the box line as soon as Jamiro's striking the ball so that they already have their momentum going that way. Um, and so the defenders never had a chance to even get a foot on that ball. Especially given the fact that Jamiro's conversion rate so far from the spot has been flawless. You know, it's like, yeah. as a teammate, you're almost sitting back thinking, you know this guy's going to score the penalty kick, right? Like, he's always just going to put it in. But it was funny to see how how casually Jamiro took the penalty to the right side. It's almost as if he knew 
that he had his boy Elsinio making that run and knowing that he'd at least have someone to clean it up, but to hit it first time off a bounce, left foot, in the least savable spot of the net, is flawless, man. It's flawless. So, pretty. so good. Just so very good. Couple other questions we got this week uh, from folks. Let me grab it. Um, we have we we have reached our our Jim Curtin question. <laughs> uh, at Rich. Oh, are Story they Mary, asking? Are they asking if you should show. be fired still? Um, it's... not this one. Uh, although I did see some <laughs> comments. Uh, <laughs> might have, might as well discuss Jim, which is a, which is a great way to start your tweet. By the way, oh, might as <laughs> thanks, well bring him up. Thanks, Tell Rich. Me how people are feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we I might as well we talk should. about the coach of this whole thing, I suppose. Uh, well, we haven't we we have not touched Jim in a little while, so imagine. Well, because we talking. haven't had to defend him because the results have defended themselves. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. I did love his. I love Jim's dry pan. By the way. Uh, and his Ilsenio is good at soccer off the top was, was <laughs> to start that press conference so he's boldly. Not he's good, feeling himself. He knows he, his team is good. He he's knows nothing he's if not a good a, a good interview and a good soundbite. So yeah. for that we thank you. Um, anyway, Rich says, does he get extended before the end of the season? If no, what kind of playoffs does he need to put this team to? Uh, if he goes to the end of the season, he could sign anywhere. Is it naive to think no other team will be biding or, uh, or bidding for his services? Uh, Three-part question, boys. Um, we'll do <laughs> we'll do it this way. Does Jim Curtin get extended before uh, what day of the year would that be? Uh, October the seventh of two thousand nineteen. Yes and no. Uh, you can't have both. Yes, you can. Because uh, is he extended? Yes. Is it announced? No. Oh, that's fair. Ah. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Well. All right. Uh, shit. You don't need the public. <laughs> you don't need the public's confidence to reassure you that you're doing a good job. If they pull him into a meeting and be like, "Yeah, well, dude, listen, we're if, giving you an extra couple years." If like, he, if you needed the public confidence to be good at your job, Jim would not be doing a good job right now. <laughs> yeah, so if if, yeah. if um Philadelphia was the litmus test for if Jim should be um extended or not, he would not be coaching this team. Right. So we're just gonna throw all of that out the window. And right now, I think it's pretty easy to say that unless there is the most epic implosion <clears throat> yeah. ever in the second half of the season, that he deserves another year with more additions on this team because we have to remember too this is not even close to the complete product of what there's this team definite is eventually going to look like here. yeah could you imagine if this team had a right back that didn't commit 16 turnovers in a game literally 16 statistically 16 turnovers most of which coming in the second half 16 turnovers are, are, are you 16 are you sure I'm yes. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm not just spewing fire. Unsuccessful passes in the opposing half, ten. Unsuccessful okay. passes we're, in well, own half. We are we are we are not gonna 
we are not going to count every unsuccessful pass yeah, as a turnover. It's been hard. Um, if you did that, if you against did against the New York team that can break against you, mm, no, come on. no, take like, take on lost things, offensive things like, take on lost things like six. getting yeah things like getting dispossessed in your own half are the type of turnovers that we're looking at here for actual costly turnovers. Paul, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a, a comparison, and this will kill two birds at one stone for me tonight. Uh, you were not uh, the Philadelphia Union talking to USL about LaSalle's field. You were not dumb, and you were not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes by saying that there is a locker room, but there's clearly not. Don't count, you know, incomplete passes as interceptions. There is a difference. Like, if we're going to do that, yeah. Paris had an awful game. Yeah. Uh, hey, Justin, <laughs> um, get me away from whatever terrible nonsense take that Paul Yeah, let's get, back to Jim, uh, let's get back to Jim Curtin, who, where we started this. Yeah, uh, he, he, you, should be, he should be given an extension. Yeah, J- Justin, would you, would you extend Jim Curtin? Do you think he will be extended, I suppose? I, yes, okay. I think he will be extended. Uh, in an alternate reality where they do not extend him at some point this season, when I saw what kind of playoff does the Union need to have, I immediately thought, well, win one would be good. Yeah, how about win a playoff <laughs> game? That'd be a great start. You'd be, you'd be rewriting the record books at that because point. Because then I think, I think if you win one, everyone goes, oh, wow. Like, if you didn't convert everybody into, wow, this this can be a legit team that can, you know... Be a nuisance, if nothing else, for the whole season. Make the playoffs, and then oh, now that they won one, they can maybe surprise people. Um, you know, winning winning one would be huge. And then I think if you win one, it's all kind of icing from there, really. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I agree with you. I think you got to just win one. Um, don't tell Philadelphia that. That's fair. Well, it's not like they're listening. <laughs> Speaking of Philadelphia, the last half, the last half of this question made me chuckle uh, because yeah. to act like Jim Curtin is a coach that other teams will be looking for at the end of this season See, has a little bit of rewritten history to forget about the last four, five, whatever seasons Curtin has been the coach of this team. This is not his first year coaching. This is not... He stepped in, and now the union are fantastic. Yes. This is Ernst Tanner has built him a lineup that works, and he's been able to take it and make it work. This is Jim Curtin Unchained. This, this is why that's, that's why I don't think Behind it's the music, fair that his assessment in the first few years of his tenure here could be so heavily criticized because he was basically working under a monarch that restricted his tactical flexibility. He was working under someone that apparently really hates Werder Bremen or Josh Sargent or a combination of the two. Yeah, um, Ernie Stewart hates youth players? Apparently. Um, Apparently. Ernie Stewart is so big picture that he will forget what he wants to do. (laughs) I think is, is is the compact breakaway there. Is what I took away from that. He will I think th- so far ahead into the future that he will completely forget that he has a U twenty team that exists uh, that could have used some help. Maybe I don't know. Uh, 
Okay, yeah, but is, is Rich naive for thinking that no other team in MLS will be bidding for his services? Guys, a friendly reminder that the Colorado Rapids, as decent as they have been under Connor Casey, and FC Cincinnati, as bad as they have been under anybody, uh, most of the blame for that falling on Jeff Birding, still exist in this league and do not have full-time coaches at the moment. Um, I think if Minnesota United could trade coaches with the Philadelphia Union, they wouldn't harpy. Mm. Yeah. And the Philadelphia Union would laugh in their face. Yeah. Well, no one. I mean, I'm not saying coaching their team. I'm not saying there's not teams that would be after Jim Curtin. I'm yeah. just like to act like Jim Curtin is a super successful coach that like he's not say, Caleb Porter. I mean, he's not Caleb Porter. He doesn't have the Caleb Porter appeal, but I think it would be naive to think that no MLS team would try to right. go after him. But he's not. But he's not at the point that like he's not Jesse Marsh either. Like he's not. It's not Bob this Bradley. Is, this is not a this is not a coach that like teams around the world are going to be like, oh my gosh, let me go get him. There are yeah, there are worse teams in MLS who would go, yeah, let's give Jim Curtin a try. But, <laughs> but I think the union can pay for any of them. In a more interesting scenario, is like if the union aren't able to get him locked down, a more likely scenario would be something like him joining Jesse Marsh's staff. Yes. <laughs> yes. I could also see that happening, or joining literally the U.S. setup. Yeah. But this is this is the attitude, and this is the reality of how Nick Foles gets eighty-eight million dollars from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fair it's like great. it's like uh, yeah. let's have let's have a successful season, and then let's give this person eighty-eight million dollars. Like You're MLS about to make so many friends on Twitter right now, but continue. ML, MLS teams are not this smart. Are not this dumb that they're going to be like, oh, let me pay Jim Curtin mega money when for mega money you can go out and get Frank DeBoer. I would agree. I would actually but agree with Jim your Curtin's uncorrected budget, statement the, as he's, if he's MLS teams aren't that smart. Because they're not. <laughs> yeah, I guess. At least, at least we're talking about a competent organization now. You look across MLS, I would not like to be a third of the teams in this league right now <laughs> from just an organizational standpoint. But that's what I'm saying. If they're going to pay a bunch of money like Atlanta did, they're going to go out and get Frank DeBoer. They're not going to get Jim Curtin. Yeah, like, they're not going to shell out for this guy, but I think there's certainly going to be the inquiry calls of what's, what's your bar for letting us take him away from you. Sure, sure. And the union will probably set it pretty high. Mm. Uh, I think we have two more, I think. In fact, uh, three, three, three. Uh, Concerns about the, from uh, from at MGC384 on Twitter. Concerns about the Gold Cup breaking the team momentum. Uh, Not really. Nah. Nah. No. If anything, I think it'll be nice to get McKenzie and Real back into the squad. Yes. Break. Yes. You let Marco yeah. get healthy now that he's yeah. actually not competing for Mexico. You get him acclimated to how you're supposed to play in the system. And yeah. who knows, maybe it takes him up a gear. Okay, I'm just extremely disappointed that Aronson's not going to be resting. Yes. Yeah. But Aronson um, also doesn't have to play every single game for this team to keep winning. Shouldn't. Shouldn't. He might have to. Shouldn't would be the right. But he shouldn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he might have to at this point. <laughs> okay, I... Chuck, but he shouldn't. <laughs> no, but that's what you said. <laughs> oh man. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I, lo- I love you. <laughs> Paul is uh, digging, undigging, and then redigging his own grave tonight. I think I don't know. Um, I was born with a shovel, n- baby. Just keep not going. outside the normal. No, no, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, other question at uh, Falkenstein Law, Frank uh, Anthony Fontana. Option for minutes at all. Uh, love Aaron's. I love I love Twitter questions because they still only give you so many characters, so people that would put in like is or other things like have to think about it before they do, and you kind of decide on this weird. Well, you get the theme, and it'll work. And people it forget work. that they doubled the character count on this uh, beautiful thing we listen, call Twitter. Listen. I don't need you know like is Anthony Fontana an option for minutes at all? Uh, because I you know Anthony Fontana an options for minutes at all that works it's fine. Love Aronson's talent, but not sure we can just rely on him with Fabian's health. Uh, fair enough. I think we uh, literally just touched on that. In fact, with Paul saying he uh, would have <laughs> to uh, play every game and then immediately walking that back after three other people on the podcast said shouldn't have to, uh, and Paul joining us and saying shouldn't have to. So, um, guys, does Fontana factor in anywhere here? I, I mean, he better be starting this Open this, Cup game. Yeah, before, but I mean, I, is there, especially with the quick turnover if, next month or so? I mean, yes. if Fontana, Real, and McKenzie aren't all in the starting lineup for this game against DC, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Mm. I'm just going to assume their union careers are over at this point, and they're just going to get sent out to some USL squad if they don't get in this Open Cup squad. They're already being sent out to a USL squad. A uh, different USL squad. One that actually uh, provides locker rooms we'll to their teams. It. Okay, I'll just get in uh, right now. Now, because uh, we still have a lot that we're going to get very off track on. Justin, uh, Justin looked like he was about to jump uh, on this. So, let, let's go ahead and answer this question because uh, we know that Justin likes Fontana. <laughs> No, 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 I'm just, I, I, I'm a... Oh, you I, hate him? Is no, that no, what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> Chuck, no. you're channeling your inner no. Paul. Other people you're... can have middle of the road opinions, Chuck. I don't know. I know you talk to Paul a lot, and I know he's afraid of doing that, but you can kind of land somewhere in the middle. <laughs> both both <laughs> yours and Paul's. If there's one yours thing and Paul's I comments lack, both got fear. me going. I don't... If Fontana doesn't make the team for the rest of the season... I would assume he's done with the Union. But McKenzie's I mean, McKenzie's a tough one. I mean, uh, McKenzie obviously has talent, and I think he's still growing. I think his problem is there are two really good center backs that are he's sitting in front of him on this roster. Um, but I don't think that keeps him out of the lineup for the rest of the season. I think that there's, there's, um, there's room for him going forward. I don't, I don't necessarily want to see all three of them against DC. Um, I think all – all three of them would tell me we're throwing that game a little bit. Uh, so I would rather probably still see our normal-ish center back pairing, maybe. But if we're seeing Colin and McKenzie in that game, but you can't, that's where I'd have a problem. Trusty not here? That's where I'm saying I'd rather see Jack and McKenzie. If it's if it's Colin and McKenzie, that's where I have a problem with that lineup. That's where I'm saying we're throwing the game. If it's Jack and, and Mark, I, I have no problem with it. 
I'll take I don't, that. Yeah, um, I don't count Colin being a member of this team except in extremely emergency situations like Mackenzie not having an appendix. But, well, yeah, but that's where you... I don't think we have this question on there, but we did get asked a question about... Or, no, we didn't get asked a question, but I saw a question on Twitter right before we jumped on about what do you do with this lineup in the Open Cup game with only five international spots available to you? Mm. And, like, do you have to start Mackenzie and Colin because they both are U.S. people? Or do you... Are you able to start other people? (laughs) You know, like... Well, I mean, you don't don't have Blake, so... That takes care of one because you put mm-hmm. Freeze in that. I would definitely prefer seeing Real at left back. So that takes care of another. You assume Gaddis still starts this game and he's already domestic. Um, this means that at striker, you're probably going to have to have um, Fafa start. And. Most of the midfield is kind of fine. Um, Harris is just probably dropped. Hmm. Yeah. Who's your defensive midfielder? Fontana. Mont- Montero. Yeah, throw him there. Yeah, I guess you could. Seriously. You just put Fontana on the side. Yeah. Either either one, either combination of the two. I think I think if you drop Harris, you put Fontana in because he's an American and he needs minutes. So. It's so incredible to have a midfielder that's get some minutes, but um, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. No, you'd hope so. Uh, Does Ray Gaddis take up a domestic spot if we fire him into the sun? No, (laughs) he's still an American citizen, right? I guess I don't know. He would take up like a moon spot or something. Mm. His rocket man. I was space allocated money. Um. (laughs) At just a goofball, Vince, uh, where would you put Saturday's game in the on the list in Union history? And was that the loudest you've heard in the stadium? Uh, loudest? According, according to someone yeah. working in the team, they said they have never... Someone who's been there for a very long time, they have never heard the stadium that loud. I, I would say that's a weird thing to judge. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. Only because I feel like your recent memory is a lot kinder to that. Um, Even being at the Open Cup Finals, it wasn't louder than that. Yeah, But, but they think... were also kind of sad times. Yeah. The I only game... Definitely... Yeah, go for it. The only game that I would put up there was the 4-4 New England draw. Because I, I was there. I remember that night. That night was... I mean, that stadium was pumping that night, too. Um, they came down from 4-1, right? Yeah, we were down Yeah, we were down 4-1 in that game and came back and tied it at 4. And Freddie Adu had a free kick from 35 that he barely sent over the bar that could have won the game. Sums up Freddie Adu's career. Yes, it does. Well, no, he didn't try to sell a vacuum immediately after he missed it, so... <laughs> But I remember, I just remember how loud, because we had several other chances in the last, I don't know, five minutes of that game to make mm-hmm. it 5-4 and, and just didn't. But I remember how loud it was um, as we were as we were pressing for it. Yeah, It's hard to include Open Cup games in the greatest games in the Union history, but when you have uh, the 3-2 uh, against D.C. with, um, 
Hopano scoring in the 93rd, the game winner as a rookie. I mean, that's a pretty insane moment. You got uh, 2013, uh, their first win at RFK against uh, DC with McInerney Brace. And then you have the whole Bill Hamid guaranteeing before the game that they were going to win and just Philly punching them in the mouth. I mean, that that's a great moment in itself. Um, I think, you know, uh, like you said, Evan, recent memory is obviously going to serve better for our purpose because it's fresh. Um, to get a four-point gap in the East going into a Gold Cup break over your considered hated rival that's only a few hundred miles away uh, in that kind of fashion it's up there but I don't think it's the best union game in history I think it's one of the best individual performances in history I don't think it's the best complete game back and forth contest in union history um, I would say 2013, or you have the opening home game with Latou at Lincoln Financial Field. Because everyone will remember that. No one will ever forget that moment. Yeah, I I realistically um, don't have an answer for this question. Because um, it's basically a trick question. Um <laughs> Because you don't know how this game affects Union history. Like, it affects Union present now that they're four points clear. But is it irrelevant if this team ends up crashing in the first round of the playoffs? It's just another good moment, you know? It's well, and it's just that out of the, the games that have had, like, made, at, at the end of the day, this win... Even if the Union go on to, like, make the playoffs, win the whole thing, it doesn't actually mean much in the grand scheme of the season because they were already in first when they got the win. They were still in first after the win. So it's not like it's extremely pivotal. Yeah, this doesn't change the course of their season. This doesn't tell us anything that we didn't know about this team already we knew they were a good pressing team and when you have a guy like Ilsenio available on the bench you kind of assume these things might happen mm. we're super pessimists in Philadelphia and we assume the worst of this Philadelphia Union team for a very long time but this year's this year just feels different because they're going about it in a clinical and tactical way that you know, I don't think there was a lot of concern. Like Justin was saying, that wasn't one of the worst halves we've played as a team in a long time. Colorado it was just, was. yeah, yeah, 1,000%. I, I think the Union had a plan, and they went ahead, they ran him into the ground, and then they brought on their guy, and they got it done. Now, you don't know how that affects the rest of the season because now there's going to be this long break, and if they come out in a slump... Then people are going to be asking, "Oh, did they, did they fire off on all their cylinders too quickly? Did they burn out in the first half?" And you know, there's going to be all these questions. But it's hard to put this on a history list when it just happened a couple of days ago. 
Well, guys, it's uh, it's that time of show. It's uh, it's Golden can say so time. <laughs> I'm gonna go first because I want to. Uh, go ahead, guys. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of people this week, actually. It's uh, it's it's not the players. Um. It's not the not the technical staff. It's not the coaches. It's not the equipment managers. It is. Uh, it's the um, well. It's Tim McDermott is one of them, I suppose. Uh, and then it was whoever was in charge of uh, telling people that LaSalle was a good venue to host a soccer game. <laughs> Bonus points. It's not to... even a good venue to host a college soccer game. Bonus points to the USL Championship for just going, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, so it goes I'm sure to, it's a good enough complex. It goes to Bethlehem Steel and it goes to USL Championship because uh, I know people, and, and I think we all know people, for most, uh, yeah, no, we all know people, that are in both of those uh, organizations, and we like to think, or we generally think, that those people are not stupid. And everything about this... Was stupid. was stupid. Stupid. And uh, I will say, uh, a friend of mine came up from Nashville to Baltimore to be with his wife, and then went from Baltimore to uh, to Philadelphia instead of Chester <clears throat> to uh, to go to this game. And he put it to me last night over over drinks. Uh, we caught up after after the game. He said, "You know, if the Philadelphia Union want to have a PDL team, that's fine." And I think that's great. I think, you know, if if you want to drop to League One in USL, not to get super into that argument, that's fine. But don't fuck around and not tell anybody that you're going to do that and just do this. Because this is moronic. Yeah, especially when USL has given you clear guidelines you, you as had to how you're supposed to... For three years... <laughs> for lights and then you play in this and i know they tried to move the game up they asked nashville on like thursday or friday which yeah no one's gonna say yes to that but like this is such a a literal like npsl open cup game level of bullshit that i can't believe a professional (laughs) or seriously that i can't believe a professional organization in american soccer especially one with an mls franchise did this so I, I think I think the Union and USL Championship, who the USL Championship are punishing Bethlehem Steel in some way, shape, or form for this. Deservedly so. Which they should be. But I think the Union owe an apology to uh, their players. Because clearly you don't care about player development if this is what you're putting them through. They should apologize to Nashville, and they should have done profusely. And they should apologize to anyone that went to that game in a media capacity because that was nonsense. I I just find it extremely hard to believe that USL Championship was just like, cool, Yes, that's we're going to play yeah. this game yeah. at this venue. Especially yeah. considering um, the How... union's preferred choice of playing games within the city of Philadelphia is Franklin Field at yeah. Penn. Yeah. Yeah. Which we know has 
adequate facilities. Um, I, like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. no, ju- just as mm-hmm. someone who has been in these stands yep. multiple times at LaSalle um, for soccer games and multiple different types of sporting events, they are not even close to fit to even consider hosting a professional event. Yeah. Period. Um, and that's why I just couldn't help but chuckle just seeing Nashville being like, you know what? Rather than us actually using the box that's a locker room that you have given us, it's better for us to set up outside. <laughs> uh, oh my god. What I, what I will say, uh, I'm just going to make the joke that I made on Twitter again. Uh, Get new jokes. <laughs> Next week, Bethlehem Steel have announced that they are playing their uh, home game at Pennsylvania Leadership Charter School. <laughs> the joke, it's an online school. <laughs> they might as well play it in B-Lot. They might as well play it in the training facility. Yeah, they might as well play, play it in the field. fucking Delaware River. Yeah, what's wrong with the practice field? It's Go open. get some bleachers. It's open is the problem. But, I mean... Oh, it's open, so you don't have to... You can't charge people, or they're just going to sit outside not, of the field. Who? No, no one, one who actually comes anyone. to the games is paying for them. Who gives <laughs> a bleep? Like, if your goal is player development... That's fine. But this is yeah. embarrassing. Like, we, and, and we really, have fallen down I, the rabbit I feel hole. embarrassed. I feel sad. I feel the need to apologize to, to but, Brendan Burke, to James Chambers, to, to the guys that have been there for multiple but, years. Oh, baby, Evan, you did Evan. nothing wrong, Evan. I didn't do anything Evan, wrong, but I but feel so bad. But looking at Twitter, you did yeah. a lot wrong. Apparently. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't know you that by putting in an application for the Bethlehem Steel Communications job and not getting a phone call meant that I was actually the Bethlehem Steel Communications director, which would explain a lot. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so, sorry. What, really what, up, everybody. what I find frustrating about this whole situation is yeah. living across the state in Pittsburgh, I know... That if the Pittsburgh Riverhounds all of a sudden got kicked out of Highmark Stadium yeah, for some they, unknown reason. They would still draw every game. There is, yes, that's true, one. <laughs> okay. uh, but I do know that there is Point Park University that's right across the street, that has, or right across the river, that has an adequate stadium. There's the University of Pittsburgh that is right down the street that has an adequate stadium for this. There is Couples Stadium, which the, universe, or which the city of Pittsburgh owns. That is a adequate stadium with locker rooms and everything. So I just don't know how in the world. And from the beginning of the season, from the time that Bethlehem was told you can't play at Lehigh mm-hmm. University anymore, mm-hmm. how they can't find a stadium somewhere in Philadelphia. Well, the funny thing all is the there, universities there actually there. there actually aren't many. Yeah, like legitimately, the only proper facilities are at Franklin Field. There is a reason why every single soccer event that comes through Philadelphia that is not big enough to be held at either Talon Energy Stadium or Lincoln Financial Field ends up at Franklin Field, which even funnier is part of a practice arena for Penn, and it's better than anything that any of the other colleges in the area can offer. Mm. LaSalle plays on a high school gym. Temple plays 
um, on practice fields and at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I don't even know what St. Joe's setup is. Um, but heck, Villano- you could... Villanova kind of has their own facilities, right? But that's also not in Philadelphia. Play it but if you're willing Park to go to, if you're willing to play at Lehigh, then freaking go out to Westchester, go out to yeah. Coatesville. There's there's high school stadiums around that are enclosed that have facilities that probably would be willing for you to use them. Um, that I've been to for high school but football that, games. But that would require thinking and planning, and that's not something they want to do. And that's why the entire organization gets the concesa from Evan this week. Shame. No. no well, really just no, the Bethlehem the arm of the organization. Yeah, and anyone involved in making that decision. Anyone involved in Anyone involved in making that decision and anyone involved in going, yeah, that's cool, uh, should... Uh, uh, be given a mythical golden trophy should just like wake the fuck up (laughs) like man you are watch the profanity it was the most avoidable mistake i've ever seen in my life seriously literally it would be like if you if you had a time machine and you're like i'm gonna go check out the titanic and then got on it and didn't get off of it um (laughs) has the has, has the game on the 15th already been moved I didn't see anything. Because that's also supposed to be at LaSalle. The next Could you imagine if they went back be there and USL was just waiting there going, oh no, you're not doing this again. Yeah. Play and the then you've got like an day. hour's worth of time to just find yeah. a new field. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. I'll, or, um, or, uh, I'll... or St. Louis and Tampa Bay are going to drive by in the next bus from MTV's <laughs> Next and just yell next before they even get off. I'll go ahead and just simply give my golden conseso to the one person who truly deserves it on this Philadelphia Union team. Anderson conseso. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, no, it's right. It's right, Oh, it's right. Great. I was like, you're lining up for something, though. No. Nah. Uh, I don't even need to explain myself in this. No, I, I don't want you to. Um, no, I'm not going to. I'll great. save you guys the trouble. I appreciate that. Chuck, Golden can say so. I'm I'm torn. Yeah. Because one is one is kind of harsh, but also mm-hmm. kind of deserved, mm-hmm. and the other is also regattas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chuck, is it your? Is it because it's your boy, your son, Kai Wagner, who had himself? No, a it's Brendan game? Aronson. Yeah. Yeah, I I hate being tough on the kid, but like, he just needs to rest. <laughs> like, yeah, you can just so, te- you can just so tell right like now he just kid. doesn't have it. But it's like, who else are you gonna put there? Marco Fabian's good ankle. Well, like judging from <laughs> the fact that he was starting the season under the impression that he was going to be the shadow of Marco Fabian. Yeah. And, and he would be learning things as a 10 mm-hmm. from Marco Fabian to now you're the starter and you score a goal against Atlanta and now you're just the dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the kid wasn't ready for it. So like, also, how many, um, how many minutes did he play last year? Brendan Aronson at the professional level. Yes. Did he? Because, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a professional <laughs> yeah, level. I don't know. Uh, 
A reminder, I, by, in 20, in by, by last year, I mean Bethlehem. Ah, uh, uh, okay, at Bethlehem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where they have decided to pack it in, apparently. Uh, yeah, I, I think... You keep talking while we it's... type away on our keyboards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, someone make noise to... to uh, <laughs> I mean... Uh, okay, no, yours, uh, yours is better, yours are words. I mean, I am fully on board with the Ray Goddess thing. I, it's just, it's like, it's becoming a trend and I don't like it. I like, I just, it's not like he's been terrible, but it's like, we just need more, per- like, we can't look at this and say like, he's costing his games cause he's not, but like, if we had more production from a right back spot, it's like, couldn't we actually be winning these games? More handily, maybe. So uh, I I found the minutes. Um, so basically, not not counting playoffs where he played 175 minutes, mm-hmm. Brendan Aronson has already played more minutes for the Philadelphia Union with 951 than he played for Bethlehem all last all year. All last which is 878. year. 878. Mm. So the kid is getting his endurance tested. To the fullest limit. Well, and, and there, are, there's also ahead. like, like the strange thing for me is like, they let him go to prom and then he plays soccer game the next day, and then like <laughs> this past week, yeah, he had you're graduate not get he, faded off Shirley yeah, gra- Temple's, bro. Yeah, he had right? a graduate. No, but like, but then this week he had a graduation and then he played a soccer game, and I like, I get it, right? It's just life and it just happens and you're not going to get faded off of Shirley Temples, but like yeah. <laughs> I I totally understand it, but the reality is like these things are like energy sucking things that happen in life and then you're being asked to go out and play 90 minutes the next night at a like and it that feels less that feels about on the level of playing at LaSalle University to be like, "Hey, do life and be a professional soccer player." And so I, think about when he gets invited to a senior week. Oh my god, we're not going to see Prime Aronson for weeks. Dude, he'll come he, back with three really nah, shitty he, tattoos. He's, he's, not, he's not allowed to do that. He He's owned by the union now that he's out of YSC, so I don't, it's fine. It's uh, really... His boy His boy hits him up for a 4th of July party. I think Brendan Aronson's going to that party. <laughs> he, he can go you? to a one-day party. He just... But can he promise yeah, a one-day party he and he was not the same person after the Philadelphia this? Okay. Union to one-day party? I mean, pro- okay. Prom is different because prom is He's an wearing experience a suit. that you're technically supposed to go to. And, and you're leaving um, room for Jesus, and it's it's fine. I just think that was... I, I don't think that that leads to a prime soccer player the next day. Probably it's not. just if, if Marco Fabian's doing anything we're not talking about this i know true i know so annoying i would like to talk about what if brendan aronson i know we talked about him partying for a day what if he got loaned to a party city for a day (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you thank you this has been views from the bridge you can follow us at dftb pod if you'd like to do that tell me how bad that joke was tell me how profane i am whatever it doesn't really bother me um you're profane. Thank you. <laughs> and I also sell profane-like accessories. Um, Roland, Roland, Roland. That's how you... See, this is good. Justin, you're like, oh, you really know how to end an episode. Yeah, I do. 
uh yeah at vftb pod if you want to follow us and, and hit us up with wonderful questions again next week uh we'll see you guys back at, at some after we beat dc in the open cup and have a light slash mailbag episode yeah we'll do that maybe maybe it's oh, like I, a crazy I, I game see you making fines for all of us i mean okay whatever you don't have to be there yeah take care everybody Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. We can keep doing this through the help of our sponsors. The first, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. The other, Golden Goal Press. Golden Goal Press is the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Go check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Thanks to our network of soccer podcasts, the Beautiful Game Network. For your soccer news, opinions, and content, visit us at bgn.fm. Lastly, you can find us at VFTBpod on the Twitter and bgn.fm slash viewsfromthebridge with hyphens on the web. You can also find us wherever you consume your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you so much.